0: My personal opinion is, is like, like drinking gin or wine or anything for that matter is like golf.
1: Welcome to today's show, and our very special guest today is Reinhard Paulsen, the founder of theginguy.co.za. Reinhard made big waves in the early days of the gin, gin revolution when, when he collected and built a gin bar at his previous restaurant, the Carbon Bistro um, what sort of timing was it, uh, Reinhardt?
0: So that started in 2016 and um, it was at that stage there were only 10 distilleries, craft distilleries in South Africa uh, so it was right It was right in the, the baby phase of, of the gin revolution for South Africa.
1: So it was the Hope on Hopkins and the Musgraves and those sort of people
0: that's it, yeah. Triple Three, Hope on Hopkins, Jorgensen's, uh, and obviously Inverash. Yes, of course.
1: And uh, how did you, how, I mean, what made you do this, starting a gin bar?
0: So the, it, it, it actually came from a good friend who was with the uh, British High Commission, and he enjoyed his martinis. And he brought me a bottle of London Number no. 1 uh gin the one day and he said, you've got to try this. And I said, okay, no problem, we'll make it. We had Inverash, we had a couple of the local gins at that stage and, and we made a London number one martini and tasted it and I was just blown away by the, the the absolute versatility that that you can get from from the spirit. And it just, it started off as a, as a bit of a, a hobby and just collecting whatever I could find locally. And then whenever the local market would dry up at that stage, I would start importing uh, gins as well from wherever I could find. It all started going uh, exponentially more once I tasted Monkey 47 and the likes of that. So then I just needed to get anything I could find.
1: Monkey 47 for me is appealing because it's got such an amazing story. You've obviously got uh, developed better developed taste buds than me as a, as a, as a bartender or as a, as a restaurant operator
0: so I, I my personal opinion is is like like drinking gin or wine or anything for that matters like golf you know the more you do it the better you get at it you know, you'll never be you know, you'll never be like fully trained but you your, your 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 taste buds actually start identifying specific tastes and smells and and I think everybody everybody, can smell it and taste it they just don't know how to describe it yeah so the moment you get you know you find the words to describe something you um, start enjoying it more and you start identifying once you know what juniper smells like you pick it up in a gin immediately and then you you know you start enjoying it a bit more I suppose
1: because you know what you what you're tasting
0: exactly yeah you know knowledge is power
1: yeah and uh, then I guess tell us the story from from there on. You sold that business in.
0: So I sold that business in 2018. Um, at that stage, the gin bar consisted of about 230 uh, different gins from all over the world, and um, I just I needed to to get the, the the types of gins that I was finding. I needed to get them to a bigger market, and you know, where I had a, a reach of probably five or ten kilometers in pretoria and then people that would travel from johannesburg to come and try but they could never buy them anywhere so i decided well there you know there's a there's a great opportunity to put a, a gin focused website together that has a variety that that you know that very few other places could care to um to keep you know most bottle stores run out of shelf space very quickly so they keep the 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 big movers because they want to turn around you know, the product as quickly as possible.
1: How many gins can you keep on your on your online store?
0: So I, I keep I'm I'm at roughly about I think hundred and eighty odd different gins. Um but I've also got access to over a thousand two hundred gins from an import perspective. So I've got an, an import an import agent in the UK that sources gins close to a thousand two hundred gins from anywhere in the world. And that includes uh, tequilas rums you name it it's a, a vast amount
1: and i guess because it's uh, you know it's it's small quantities you don't need to have it approved or is there is there some special rule
0: yeah so i still i still have an import export license um but it it goes through the same process it's just a lot quicker cuz it you know it's a container I suppose it it will take you a little bit through clearing agents, but I just import through d h l uh they clear it and they send it and within two to three weeks, I can get gins or you know anywhere from iceland japan uh you know anywhere in Europe I can get them into South Africa and uh, straight to your door
1: okay and is there still a big demand for gins
0: I must say it's it it hasn't slowed down um every time there's a there's a looming liquor ban. You know, it it stops the momentum a little bit, and then it takes it takes a couple of weeks, and then it starts warming up again. Because what I, I do feel that every time there's a liquor ban, people go for quantity over quality, and they stock up on uh, you know the, the the cheaper brands that'll last them longer than the craft brands.
1: Yeah, these uh, you. Are based sort of in the in the middle of all the foreign diplomats, et cetera, in Pretoria. I guess that's also quite a good market.
0: So they, I think, um, once lockdown happened, a lot of the diplomats actually left the country. Um, so there's very few of them that are that are still left here. So majority of my my sales actually go to uh, Western Cape, KZN, and um, yeah. You know, and the Free State actually got a couple of, of big buys in the Northern Cape, so I think there's quite a quite a good market in the Northern Cape for for these types of uh, bespoke gins.
1: Do you think that's because it's underserved? I guess there's not that many good good Definitely. bottle stores, there eh?
0: Definitely, I think I think they're just lacking the variety, and people are hungry. People get around and they see what's out there, and they go back home and they want what they saw, you know, everywhere else. Yeah.
1: And how do you how do you market your your online store?
0: Uh, it's predominantly through social media channels. Okay. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we've built up quite a nice um, mailing list over time, and and that's pretty much our, our our focus at this stage.
1: Yeah, is it paid advertising or is it just uh, content?
0: It's a combination of yeah. Okay. It's a combination of paid. I've been approached by a couple of the larger corporates to do paid marketing. Um, with their brands and it it works well because it's you know it draws traffic to the to the website and it also promotes their products
1: okay that's nice so when you promote their products and and into and they pay for it and and that obviously promotes your business
0: correct because that'll take them through to the website um where they'll see the promoted product but they also have then access to the site to, to look at any product that's available there yeah,
1: and you you do sell a little bit of other spirits. Does that work well for you?
0: Yeah, I think the combination. Um, I I try and focus on on um, more bespoke or high end uh, products. So I do I do have a couple of the entry level products which people will buy out of convenience, but the the focus is on on boutique spirits, boutique wines, uh, a couple of very specialized rums that, um, for arguments like like uh, Stillman's. Uh, rum, which is which is very unique and, and incredible. So it's a it's a focus on the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily find at every bottle store or your local um, uh, macro. It's it's a little bit more specialised than that.
1: Yeah, and because you are online, I guess you can keep a bigger variety than your typical bottle store. Uh, even the, exactly. Even the specialist bottle mm-hmm. stores, I think, are sick and tired of seeing uh, another. Rep arrive at their doors. So <laughs>
0: whereas for you, exactly.
1: it's a point of difference.
0: Exactly. So, what I've started doing as well is I've started catering for those bottle stores um where they don't need to order case lots. So, they can order a bottle or two bottles or mixed cases from me. So, they keep two bottles on the shelf. And when they sell out, I ship to them within a day or two. um So, Yulkress Spa, for argument's sake, is one of those. So they they'll place an order when within forty eight hours they've got stock back on the shelf um, and they can order from a single bottle up to you know however much they they want in uh, mixed cases.
1: Okay, and you've got enough margin to to give them a competitive price.
0: So I I give them trade price on on everything I possibly can.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then obviously the more bespoke products, uh, the benefit comes in that they don't have to order a case. They they can you know it's cash in the bank is always better than stock on the shelf. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, And some of the more exclusive stuff that you carry that one wouldn't typically find anywhere else?
0: So I've got a gin from Kenya called a Prisera gin. Oh, that's Roger's Um, gin. eh? That's made by Roger Jorgensen, yeah. Yeah. So that's the only gin in the world that's made with um, juniper Prisera, which is African juniper, um, which they harvest in Kenya at 2,200 meters and they literally pick fresh juniper berries out of the uh, trees, and then they distill that. Um, and it's it's made with all African botanicals as well. So this is served in a 500 ml uh, mouth blown bottle. Uh, everything's done by hand, uh, and it's all small batch processes. So I'm the, the exclusive importer into South Africa for, for uh, Procera specifically, and that's made waves worldwide um, Pretty much with every every competition that they've entered, they've won uh, multiple awards. So Michael Awards 2019, they won Best Gin um, at the show. San Francisco, they got a gold medal for the Blue Dot Gin. Uh, the um, yeah, those International Wine and Spirits and San Francisco yeah, International Wine and Spirits, they got gold as well. Yeah, so multiple gold medals. Their Red Dot and Green Dot, which will be available later in the year, most likely they got double gold for both. So very, very prized, uh, uh prized gin at this stage. And IW, yeah, the international wine and spirits competition, they got 96 points. Wow.
1: So for, for just for reference, I remember visiting Roger many, many years ago when he started his little distillery and I, I went to visit him in Wellington and, um, so he's a pioneer, and he's helped many of of the South African distillers develop um, recipes and uh, get them. I, I suppose he he's a, really the godfather of craft in in South Africa.
0: Yes, and I think that's a, a thing that something that a lot of people don't realize is that back in the day when there were only ten craft distilleries, between between Roger and and the Hope Distillery, they taught everybody. About gin, they taught everybody how to make gin. So Roger definitely is the godfather of, of of gin in in South Africa. I mean, he's he grew up distilling. That's that's his that's his forte. And he he actually um, went and did Prosecco because he wanted to create the perfect Martini gin. Okay. And that's what the Blue Dot is. So every every bottle of Blue Dot gets a small little de- decanter of spice uh, salt with it. And they reckon you put your Procero gin in the freezer. You pour it straight from the freezer into a glass and you put a sprinkle of the salt in and you've got the perfect martini. And it's served like that at Duke's uh, Bar in London. And, and they reckon it's the best martini gin that they've ever tasted.
1: That's unbelievable. Eh? And who, who's behind uh, the brand?
0: So it's it's obviously Roger, um, which is a partner and a guy by the name of Guy Brennan. Okay. So Guy Brennan is an Australian businessman that had this vision to create something truly spectacular and he, you know, he knew Roger was the guy to go to and unfortunately South Africa lost Roger but uh, we haven't lost his product
1: yeah well we'll definitely reach out to Roger and see if we can talk to him about his his adventures in Kenya um, Oh,
0: absolutely yeah, we would love that
1: yeah and a little bit more about where you are now. You've, you've, you're have you doing another restaurant? You started another restaurant? Yeah, so, restaurant.
0: We, yeah, so um, my my bread and butter is restaurants. I've, I've got a background in hospitality stretching back 23 years. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're adding another restaurant into the stable soon. Um, and then also expanding the website um, to go international. So the com will launch within the next couple of weeks, where we're going to export all South African uh, gins and bespoke South African spirits uh, anywhere in the world uh, from a door-to-door retail perspective.
1: That's very exciting. And how is that possible? <laughs> I guess everything so is possible.
0: After, yeah, after after years of negotiating with, with courier companies, I finally found one that could export at a reasonable rate. Um, the, the biggest stumble block in the past was that a single bottle of gin would cost over 3,000 Rand to ship um, door to door. And it just, it was never viable, no matter how many requests there were, no, no matter how many, how much people were interested, the moment they heard the shipping costs, it, you know, everything would fall flat. So once you put it in a container and you fill up a, in a container and you put it on a ship, it was worthwhile. And then you're sitting with a lot of product that has to be moved once it arrives there. So this just opens the door to the normal consumer in Germany that likes the South African gins or likes what he sees from a South African perspective. He can order two bottles or four bottles. The order gets processed. They put it on a plane. You know, if, if, if they pick up the order today, by by this afternoon it's at the airport and tonight they fly out and tomorrow they land wherever they need to be. Yeah. That's a, that's a very quick process. So I, In theory, it should take between four and seven days from placing an order to receiving it at your door in in Europe. How
1: would you grow a business like that? Would you also use uh, social media and uh, Google AdWords, I guess?
0: Yeah, I I find that the the easiest way to reach a market that's completely physically out of reach at the moment is to to target um, through social media and through targeted marketing. So... um, you know i'll reach out i've got i've got friends and connections in 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 quite a few european countries which i'll reach out to uh, and you know you just need to get into contact with a couple of the right uh, people uh, in the in the similar industry and and then market specifically to those areas mm. i think word of mouth will will eventually be the, your your strongest uh, form of marketing
1: yeah you must let us know when it's when it's launched and do a- then we can get some feedback.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the other benefit of, of it is as well, uh, where you know you can send a gift to someone now uh, in anywhere in the world, and you can send them a proper South African gin uh, or mixable box, and you don't have to worry about excessive shipping costs or you know sending it via the post office and it might arrive you know Christmas, but you don't know which Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good idea. I know that uh, you can obviously do it with wines and buy them in many European shops and just have have them delivered, but this is a very good idea. So, yeah, yeah. very cool.
0: I think the variety is going to help. So, there's they are obviously South African gins available in in Europe or in Africa and Australia or so, but it's in smaller quantities. So, there might be a you know, a selection of 10 or 15 South African gins available where now you can have access to 200.
1: Will you let us know when when you're actually launching the site and uh when you're getting some some good results let us know. And uh, absolutely we can touch base again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be within the next couple of weeks, a little bit of testing and and sending out a couple of boxes just to see uh, how the whole process goes, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And for now, people can find you at the Gin Guy.
0: Yeah, so for now, everything's available on the theginguy.co.za. And that's you know, everything gin-related and more. So you can find uh, you know, a range of boutique wines, tequilas, rums, glassware, um, dehydrated fruits. We make our own dehydrated fruits as well. And those little gin-popping pools that you um, that are so popular with, uh, with the drinks at the moment.
1: Mm. Thanks, Reinhardt. Nice chatting to you, and uh, we'll hear from you soon as as soon as you've launched that international site and uh, are able to give us some feedback. Uh, I'm very excited to hear about that.
0: Excellent, John, I appreciate the time. So yeah, we'll we'll get that rolling and then we can chat about how South African gins are going to take the world by storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and all the all the distillers can reach out to you if if they're not already listed. Um I guess yeah, I, I guess you always open for, for some new product.
0: Yeah, I love good synergy with, with local distillers. It's it's what it's what we all need at this stage. Um, you know, friendly competition is good, but I do feel that um, you know, from a from a local perspective, all all distillers and people that are that are promoting the gin products and selling the gin products need to stand together and and, and create a a united front for the product. It's that way it'll it'll keep growing and uh, you know for a long time to come.
1: Yeah I agree. Thanks again Reinhardt and we'll chat to you soon.
0: Thanks, Olga, appreciate it.
1: That was Reinhardt Poulson from the